This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Since the beginning of time, t'was written in the stones that one day a podcast would come. Well, that podcast has come, and now they are here to come again in your ear pussies. We are the Cape Podcasters. I'm Dave Michaels. <laughs> and I'm Brian Betts. And this is the show that's going to rock your fucking socks off. Yeah, this is not the greatest podcast in the world. Well, we did the greatest podcast in the world. We forgot to hit record. <laughs> This is really just a tribute to the greatest podcast in the world. Exactly. Happy birthday, Brian. Hey, thanks. You did it. You went around the sun another time. A 35th time. That's so many times. I mean, you look shittier this time around. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, the 35th year has aged me for sure. (laughs) I was just thinking earlier today, like, wow, I'm halfway to 70. And then I was like, hey, I should run out into traffic. Yeah, that's the right move to do at that point. And people who are older than 35, you should already be in traffic. Yeah, I don't you know how you're still there. older than 35. <laughs> in traffic. You got to like, is it the giver where you get to a certain age and they just off you? Is that what yeah, that is? That I the, think that so. book's about? And people see color, like Pleasantville style, we'll get there on Patreon. <laughs> we will get there on Patreon. Weird that we made that connection already. <laughs> oh, that was fast. So Brian, for your birthday. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody what you picked this year? To save everybody from another Power Rangers movie, which we talked about anyway last week. (laughs) I decided to choose Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. You're not going to do the rest of it? From 2006, directed by Liam fucking Lynch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that from (laughs) Liam fucking Lynch or famous director Liam Lynch. If you want to do the old switcheroo, you got to go the whole way because, yeah. This year for Brian's birthday, I gifted him his life back briefly. He did. He gave me a whole weekend of just not having to worry about writing a synopsis. Right. I wrote the synopsis this week. I have no idea how it's going to turn out at all. But if we're going to do the switcheroo, you got to do the switcheroo part, Brian. All right. I got to commit. You can't just half-ass it. You're right. You're right. I got to commit. I didn't know when the switcheroo was starting because I didn't get to do the- started already, Brian. I didn't get to do the- Hello, citizens. So I wasn't sure when well, to actually start the switcheroo. Coming with that much energy, it's not going to be a fucking good show. I, I mean, <laughs> Sorry. Hello, citizens. That's better. Not that's great, but much. better. Too much. I might have blown it out, actually. That's life. Sometimes you blow it out and then, uh, you know, hey. fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen this thing, obviously. So many times. Uh, an impossible number of times, I think. Conservatively. How many times? Oh, 30. And that is on the low the low end of the guess, for sure. I feel like I'm somewhere in that area, too, because this is one of those movies I just throw on whenever, because it just goes down so easy every single time. Absolutely. And there was a time in college where this movie was on every single week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, have you ever seen this? I mean, you just said, so that was a silly God, you're so bad at switcheroos, Brian! <laughs> What else right. do you want to ask me that I've already answered? I feel like I'm, d- I'm good with the questions that, I, that you've already answered. I'm going to ask you this one. Sure. Do you want to just get into it? That's what it feels like when I ask that, huh? Yeah. It's, All it's right. A little rush. Let's get into it. A long-ass fucking time ago in a town called <laughs> Kickapoo, there lived a humble family, religious through and through. Through and through. There was black sheep, and he knew just what to do. His name was young JB, and he refused to step in line. A vision he did seeth, fucking rocking all the time. time. He wrote a tasty jam, and all the planets planets did align. And his religious daddy, played by Meat Fucking Loaf, didn't like his son's rock attitude or posters on the wall, so he went to town on both of them. That's right. And guess what I have for you, Dave? No. Oh, yeah, I have an actual... IMDb trivia fact. It's like you knew I wasn't going to pull them. It's oh, You had sure. an inkling I wasn't going to pull them. Uh, I know that you did say, I submitted Cape facts. I said, I'll gladly pull those, but <laughs> nay on the rest. Nay. Nay on the rest. That's fine. There were like a whole 36 facts for this movie. It would have taken you forever <laughs> to get through them. Fair. <laughs> uh, 
This is one of two films in which Troy Gentile plays the childhood version of Jack Black's character. First one came out earlier in 2006, where he portrayed the young version of Nacho in the Paramount Pictures family comedy, Nacho Libre. That is the weirdest typecasting that you can get. <laughs> you, forever now, you're young Jack Black. You just make those Jack Black faces all over the screen. You're doing pretty damn well. Nobody has more control over all of their facial muscles than Jack Black. No, it's unbelievable. Like, his body, he might just be like a marionette where he, there's like a Jack Black above him, a larger Jack Black controlling <laughs> this little Jack Black in life. I think there's like a tiny Jack Black inside Jack Black that is pulling all these levers and everything. How the fuck did John Malkovich get a puppet movie and Jack Black is not? Uh, you know what? That's being John Malkovich too. Colin being Jack, Jack Black. Black. <laughs> the one poster that Meet Daddy didn't tear down was of D fucking O. D fucking O. Ronnie fucking James fucking Dio. Dio sends JB on a quest to Hollywood to rock. After hey, guess going what I have. <laughs> oh boy. Oh yeah. Another IMDb I trivia fact. I feel like, like we opened up the worst door. This is, uh, I knew that this is going to be more fun to interrupt <laughs> you with the facts. And so far, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're doing great. great. This is better. You're doing great. <laughs> Dio's singing part took literally one take per verse to record. At the beginning of his recording session, he asked for the music to be played just in preparation. And he sung his part. But the sound engineer was recording it secretly. And it was deemed perfect. So there were no further t takes needed. Dio wanted to try more takes because he said he was having fun, but Jack Black was like, no, we got it. There you go. The man's a pro. He's a rock Absolute god. pro. He nailed it on the practice run. That's just impressive. It is just impressive. And Dio's got crazy hair because, like, he's old in this. And yeah. then he's got, like, the curlies, but, like, up top, it's, like, it's thinned out curlies. Thinned out curlies. Not to be confused with seasoned curlies. Exactly. <laughs> After going to various Hollywoods all around the country, eventually he makes it to the obvious one in California, where he finds <laughs> Kyle fucking Gas, or KG for short, or Cage for shorter, playing Rage guitar Cage. on the boardwalk. Sunset Boulevard. I love this, because you get Kyle Gas, he gets the flex. He gets the flex. He's out there busking, he's got his long flowing locks. He's, you know, he's doing the thing. And if he had muscles... They'd be popping right now. Oh, for sure. But instead, I suspect that this is a Cape Diamond V trivia fact. Oh. For his role in the film, Kyle Gass packed on 50 pounds with a diet consisting mostly of Junior Western bacon cheeseburgers, seasoned curlies, chocolate shakes, and cherries jubilee. That is absolutely true. And I know it's true because it's on IMDb. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't it feel As good when they get approved? Oh, man, I didn't know how much fun that part of it was going to be. It's a rush. It's such a rush. Everybody should be doing this. And we've been telling everybody to keep doing it. As soon as that first one got accepted, I was like, oh, here we go. I need more. I need more. <laughs> JB thinks Kyle is the greatest musician of all time, and Kyle leans into this. Jables wants Cage to teach him how to rock, but Cage says, nah. And instead KG he just solo man flicks 5,000. Pick at him. How offensive is that? That is very offensive. So right in the face, just bam. Like Pete Townsend, you're at the Who show, and he flicks a pick at you, and you grab it. You're like, hell yeah, I got Pete that was Townsend's awesome. pick. But if Pete Townsend went up to you, looked you dead in the eye, said, nah, and then flicked that at your dome? <laughs> like, yeah, this is he's not giving you this pick. He's throwing it at you. Exactly. Very big difference. Huge. Later that night on the boardwalk, JB misses home and falls asleep on a bench but the Party City Clockwork Orange crew jumps in. <laughs> KG watches from a safe distance. Once they're done beating him and they go away, Cage runs over and sees the KG guitar pick in JB's hand. He then yells at the bullies to make it seem like he saved JB. Cage takes in JB and tells him, I will teach you, young grasshopper. Yeah, all, all of that is the beginning of this movie. And is this where we get the... No, the... Yeah, this is the opening credits right here or something. Something like that. They kind of like dive in in the middle. They, they just like, they throw you right in and then they're like, oh yeah, this is a movie. It's sort of like Monty Python, the Holy Grail, how like after a half hour, like, oh, that's right. Oh, right. <laughs> All right. Opening credits and tarot cards. KG continues to make himself out to be a rock star by telling JB that he is working on some new music for his band, The Kyle Gas Project. Cage tells JB that he can audition for the band if he cleans his apartment and buys some weed. <laughs> JB gladly does so to keep his rock and roll dreams alive. You gotta go order the extra crispy Bob Marley. 
for like making bake pizza. He goes to the pizza place. He's like, he'll know. He'll know what you mean. It's like, first of all, that's the worst cover for a, a <laughs> weed store. <laughs> Waking bake pizza. <laughs> I don't know what they were called back in the day. Now just distilleries and totally legal. I don't know what they were back in the day. <laughs> Dispensaries. But I am intrigued by this distilled weed you speak of. <laughs> <laughs> I said distillery, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's been such a long day. I was yeah. on Long Island for work, and I take the ferry from Connecticut over there. It's pronounced Long Island. Apologies to all the Guylanders. <laughs> but on the way back, I get to go back onto the ferry, and the cops are like, no, nah, you can't come onto the boat. I said, why not? And they said, because there's a bomb threat. You don't want to blow the fuck up, Dave. <laughs> Except they didn't say that. They said, boat's canceled. Beat it. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> boat's canceled. So I went to the other boat that's like 50 miles out east, hoping that it's not got a bomb on it also. Right, because then you'd have to double your you way back. you have to back. double my way back. And I learned something weird about Long Island. Oh, please tell. So whenever you go out east, there's a shitload of wineries out there, and they're very good. I've been to a bunch of them. They're very yeah, good. Yeah, sure. But then I saw something that just blew my mind, and it made me feel like life isn't worth living anymore. Oh, Because there's a lot serious. of farms. It's a lot of farmland out there. Yeah. And the weirdest one that I saw was a sod farm. And I saw two of them. Two sod farms? And do you know what a sod farm realistically is? They're growing sod. It's a field, Brian. It's just They're... a field of grass. <laughs> and there are people just out there distilling grass, not in the dispensary <laughs> way, and selling it to They're people. Chopping up yards at a time of their own field and selling it to people and then just replanting a new field. Just a new yard. That's all it is. It's like you get a bunch of Scots <laughs> or whatever, weed and feed, and you just make some sod. I don't know how gotta, it works, but they're just fucking growing grass. Gotta buy some of that Long Island grass. Oh, that blew my mind. <laughs> a sod farm. <laughs> That's insane. That's absolutely insane. I could understand if it was like some Kentucky bluegrass, but... Talk about Long Island sound. <laughs> Way out east. It's like, oh, oh, this smells like the sea. That's not what I want in my grass. But not like a clean sea. No, no. <laughs> like the kind of sea you would see in Long Island. Exactly. And my boat did not blow up on the way back, which was it's a good thing. The ideal happen. situation yeah. for going on a boat. <laughs> Cage makes JB his young Padawan by teaching him the ropes of how to rock. Like, by doing a power slide on carpeting. Like, very, very thick carpeting. Very thick carpeting. If you can do it on carpet, you can do it anywhere. That's it's the old adage. True. And I uh, teach them how to do a cock push-up. You only need one. You only need one. And he teaches them, and he has to try to snatch the remote from his hand so he can turn on inserts of Satchquatch while they're both baked beyond <laughs> belief. Try to snatch it. And I've seen this movie, again, like, 30 times conservatively. Every single time, like, he totally grabs the remote, right? He totally does it, right? <laughs> no, he, he never doesn't. gets the remote. The ultimate test comes when KG puts JB through the gig simulator. After JB starts playing a song, Cage starts pressing buttons on his tape recorder so that pre-recorded <laughs> insults start heckling JB. After Ooh. releasing a few beer bottles that are home alone to the ceiling, JB gets meat daddy PTSD and thinks he isn't good enough. The wrong kid listened to rock. That's what that movie's about. <laughs> Because both kids are still alive, so it's hard to... I do wish we got more Meat Daddy in this. A little more Meat Daddy would have been would have been perfect, honestly. Like he shows up to the bar, like he's on a uh, religious retreat or whatever, and he shows up to the bar, and he's like, I'll take a carrot juice, and they don't give him a carrot juice. <laughs> and then Tenacious D plays. He's like, ah, oh, you're such a disappointment. Your brother's still ten times better than you, and Jesus loves him more. That's the worst it could be, that a, a fictional character <laughs> loves you the most. Not a religious podcast. Not a religious podcast. <laughs> Cage comforts JB, but the jig is up when Cage's mommy calls to say, Hey, Pumpkin, 15 years is too long to try to make it as a famous musician. Take some advice from Dewey Cox's first wife because you're never going to make it. He never going to make it. daddy aren't going to keep sending you rent checks anymore. JB freaks out at Cage and tears off his wig to reveal KG's bald head. <laughs> the ultimate betrayal. Hair-based betrayal. I get it. I don't get it. But I for this movie, I get it. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I Love You Pumpkin isn't a song in Canada. No. No, it's not. <laughs> These weren't royalty checks. <laughs> JB realized that he has no idea who KG is at all. But we are about to learn because flashback. 
A young KG is sent <laughs> off to school by his mommy. Two bullies approach him and take off his hat to reveal the bald child. Flash forward to a bald modern day KG. So I guess that's just it. He's bald. That's his, that's his backstory. That's bald it. kid. I like the way that he like walks with his lunch in his hands. So he's like bobbing up and down. Oh, yeah. Just da, 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 super innocent little bald kid. Like if they do another bad Santa, like bad Santa 15 or whatever it is, like get <laughs> Kyle Gas. Mason Knight. No, I want Kyle Gass. Oh, They'll okay. Play, like the As adult version, version of the the curly headed kid. It would be perfect, but like now he's bald. But now he's bald, right? <laughs> I would watch that movie. I would watch the hell out of that movie. Billy Bob Thornton and Kyle Gass. Yes. Somehow the kid got older than Santa. I love it. <laughs> it's all those cigarettes and weed and banging that Santa does. It kept him young. <laughs> Newly bald KG goes to pack his bags because he's already spent their last rent check. JB is furious with him that he would do that, but Cage reveals that he bought JB a new guitar with the money. JB and KG decide that they need to join forces to pay the rent. They must pay the rent with their rock. I love that that is what this movie is about. We have to pay the rent. Like, you want a story to just... Build upon. That is it. <laughs> it's perfect. Hey, we're going to go do an open mic contest, win the prize, pay the rent. JP wants to call the band Tanak because he has a birthmark on his ass since he was born. <laughs> Cage tells JP, I have ass mark too. I have ass mark too. And it says, yes, D. They smush buns together, form the name Tenacious D. And it is destiny. I love that Lee is just there, the guy who delivers their pizza, and he's hanging out watching the gig simulator, and he sees all this happen, and it has to be super awkward for him until they put their ass cheeks together, and he's like, you guys. He sees the fake Jesus man. I'm convinced. He sees the fake Jesus man right there betwixt the butt cheeks of Jack Black and Kyle Gass. Now, when you say betwixt the butt cheeks, that's complicated. Uh, Right. They're side by side. Because there's four cheeks lined up. Yes. There's nothing happening in the cracks of the cheeks. It's the crack between the two adjacent cheeks of the, you know, the right cheek of Jack and the left cheek of Kyle. <laughs> Correct. But you got to think that the outer cheeks of the both the men, they're just there. They're just being standard butt they cheeks. They are just hanging out, just being butt cheeks, yeah. Not special at all. They're not the, the special cheeks. Half the cheeks had to be unspecial. That checks out. When you got four butt cheeks, at least two of them have to be unspecial. I think that's how math works. <laughs> it's classic meatloaf math. It's not. At all. It'd be two weird if like out of Lee four got butt his cheeks. butt cheek in there and it's only one butt cheek. And everyone's like, what? What? <laughs> the newly formed band goes to an open mic night. They have the dubious task of going on stage after Neil Hamburger after he does some funny stuff. <laughs> well, that's my life. <laughs> Um, I have actually seen Neil Hamburger. Have you really? Yeah. Uh, well, Tenacious D did a whole festival at one point back in 2013 on the Santa Monica Pier. They, full, they threw a whole comedy festival. And I, uh, I was one of the, the saps that bought a ticket to that. <laughs> well, they're touring again now. Yeah, they are. Unfortunately, they're touring at the same time as Kevin Smith is touring Clerks 3. So I'm going to miss both one. One of them. I'm going to miss Tenacious okay. D. I've already seen Tenacious D twice. So That's fair. <laughs> Gotta pick your battles, I guess. <laughs> Paul F., for fucking Tompkins, the MC of the event, introduces the band in the greatest slash most deadpan way imaginable because the band wrote out their own introduction. <laughs> and I love how he goes up on stage it's like, uh, they asked me to read this since the beginning of time. It was written in the stones that one day, it, I did it at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that, that thing, but with like way less energy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> After playing a song they call The History of Tenacious D, they're on top of the world. Paul fucking Tompkins tells them they're going to need some new material to win the open mic night because there's some stiff competition out there. They realize that they need to write a masterpiece to pay the rent. That was awesome compared to bullshit. I like how they did the open mic and there's a cash prize, but then Paul F. Tompkins says, you got to do more than that to win the cash prize another night. Well, I think that was just like the preliminaries. The the actual open mic contest wasn't until the next week. They were just, you know, doing a gig, getting the feel. He did say the... it was their first concert. It's a historic moment. Right. It's not just a list of bullshit that we've done. It's a chronicling of our rise to power. They go back to the apartment 
draw a pentagram on the carpet and ketchup in the same way that Donald Trump presumably held cabinet meetings. And they start to riff on some new music. You know, that checks out. That's not a political podcast, but uh, yeah. Historically definitely. accurate, probably. <laughs> the ketchup pentagram, please. Can we, can we install the ketchup-based pentagram? Not Heinz. Not Heinz. It has to be Hunts. Hunts, the most evil of the ketchups. <laughs> Do you think there's like a ranking of like a hundred percent that he has just sitting there, like he just threw him against the wall, like the crazy son of a bitch that he was, <laughs> and he's just watching the splatter go down, like it's a weird Jackson Pollock thing <laughs> happening. The most evil, you wouldn't believe the way it dripped in the walls. Ivanka, bend over, look at that. I want to see how much this ketchup is dripping. <laughs> in front of me, Ivanka. In front of me. Don't make it weird for daddy. <laughs> But what about the other ketchup's emails? <laughs> Not a political podcast, but no. get fucked, all of you. Get fucked. <laughs> oh all of you. <laughs> Lock up the hunts. Lock it up. <laughs> you know who you are. If your mouth is salivating at the thought of ketchup on a wall, you know who you are. Turn the podcast <laughs> off. You're done. You're done. I like that you're going after the ketchup aficionados. We're nearly done with the show. I could say this now, right? Yeah, we, we I mean, we've been pretty clear about that. I think there's, what, six or seven episodes left? Uh, a little peek behind the curtain. It's been a political podcast the whole time. He <laughs> can get fucked. Uh, Let's close up that curtain and move on. Do you know that Del Monte makes a, makes a ketchup? Yeah, I bet they do. And then you just go store brand also. Consider store, that. Oh, store brand. Great value ketchup is definitely the, the most evil ketchup. Should we continue? Are you ready again? Are you Googling yeah, ketchup? I, I see you Googling ketchup. We can stop talking about ketchup. I want to put a stop to this before Probably you enough ketchup-based humor for one no, scene. Humor's a bold word to use for it. <laughs> In a mirror of how the Cape podcasters are made, JB directs Cage by telling him very specific instructions <laughs> while claiming he isn't looking for anything specific. And of course, once they, they start to get something, they realize that they never pressed record. <laughs> so I am the rage cage is what you're saying I think that's uh, the way this works out <laughs> I often tell Brian very very specific things and then he goes and does his own thing he's like how's this look I'm like well <laughs> <laughs> and then I go well it's done so yep. <laughs> JP tells Cage that he just wants to be like the bands on the magazines that he has in front of him ACDC Van Halen the Who. He has one of those bands have that we don't have. And KG points out, well, they all use the same guitar pick. Well. <laughs> so naturally, they go to the library of guitar picks, which Guitar Center. Guitar they go Center. Buy the guitar pick. That's where you go to do the thing. Uh, if anybody has a good selection of guitar picks, it will be the Guitar Center. The clerk at Guitar Center, played by Ben fucking Stiller. Ben fucking Stiller, looking just like the lead singer of Coheed and Cambria. He does, and he also has the uh, the Dio curlies up top. He does. He's he got the, the, light the, thin, Dios. the thin light Dios. He takes him into the back room to tell him about the guitar pick, the pick of destiny. The pod. As he, I, like I love the running that. bit. The running bit for the whole movie that nobody understands what acronyms are. It's very good. Because anytime somebody tries to abbreviate something, they're like, the what? Of course, this Guitar Center clerk just happens to be a pick of destiny historian. And he pulls out this ancient medieval scroll that he's translated. Didn't That's hire right. a translator because no. he didn't want anyone else to see this. Took six years to translate it. He had to learn Latin. <laughs> well, you want me to let him read it too? And it tells the story of the Pick of Destiny. An ancient wizard summoned Satan. They fought, but the devil was too powerful for him. A blacksmith heard the commotion and came to help the wizard. He threw a horseshoe at the devil and knocked out his tooth. <laughs> the wizard cursed the devil, saying, From whence you came, you shall remain, till you are complete again. The incomplete devil is dragged back to hell, just yelling, Fuck you, repeatedly at the wizard. <laughs> the dark wizard, totally stoked to be alive, decided to pay the blacksmith back by fashioning the tooth into a pick so he could play masterful melodies on his lute to leave his fair maiden moist and wanting. That is uh, almost a word-for-word -word transcription. <laughs> it was the easiest way to do it. Yeah. I'm surprised that Ben Stiller had enough time to tell this story and didn't have to keep going and telling people to stop playing Smoke on the Water. <laughs> it is Guitar Center. I it feel is illegal like to do. Anytime you go into a Guitar Center, that's all you hear. 
Do you have that one go-to song that you play on guitar? Do you know how to play guitar? I don't know how to play guitar. Okay. I have one go-to. I have an understanding of how to do it, but I'm just not good at it. Well, there's strings on it. You put your fingers on it, and then you fucking rock. The last part's the part I've always had trouble with. I can put fingers on strings. It's rocking. That's that's hard for me. <laughs> that's fair. Well, you're good at the guitar here. That's button based. That's true. You know, I have the timing down. I can do the rhythms. I can do the motions. I just can't rock. My socks are always on. <laughs> oh, that just made me think of Flight of the Concords. <laughs> it's business. <laughs> it's, it's business, business time. time. I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business, and it's business time. It's so good, man. That show <laughs> doesn't hold up nearly as well as you hope it does. <laughs> oh, that's a shame, because so far, this absolutely has. Absolutely. They learn that the pick starts making its way around rock circles, creating rock gods, and it now resides in the impenetrable fortress that is the Rock and Roll History Museum. Right. Not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Correct. It's the Rock and Very Roll History important. Museum in Sacramento, I think. I think that's where it is. I don't even know if it's a real museum. No, it can't be. But it looks great. It does look great. In fact, the people who run the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland should reach out to the people who just made these blueprints for this place because they did a better job. I've never been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's fine. It's like the Cleveland of Hall of Fames. <laughs> Fair enough. That's all the description you need. There's a reason there's a whole episode shitting on Cleveland and 30 Rock. <laughs> I think the whole point of the Drew Carey show was just to, pit, to shit on Cleveland. That's very, very fair. And to put caterpillars on french fries. That is a big part of the plot for some Apologies reason. Apologies if you have kids listening. I didn't mean to yeah. get inappropriate. Got super vulgar there. That's my bad. <laughs> Tenacious D has a new quest, and it's to steal the pick of destiny. They borrow the driver's Ed car from their only fan, Lee. <laughs> Lee, 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 Lee. And they start their quest. Cue the mind-blowing Master Exploder dream sequence. Yes. Oh, this is the best part of the movie. I completely agree. And Derek Ives, he asked us, what's our favorite song in this movie? It's, uh, it's Master it's Exploder. It's absolutely this. Uh... So good. So, so good. The boys go to a diner where an abused Amy Poehler doesn't <laughs> give JB carrot juice, and Cage is distracted by some college gals. Yeah, I have an actual IMDb trivia fact. <laughs> I bet you do. The scene at the Halfway House Cafe is halfway into this movie. Neat. Yeah, there you go. That's a little time-based fact to let the <laughs> listeners know wow. how far into this we are. Uh, too far. Writing synopsis <laughs> is hard, and I tip my hat to you. While KG's talking to these college gals, a homeless and disabled and possibly Russian Tim fucking Robbins <laughs> Tim is fucking on Robbins. to JB's plan to break into the Rock and Roll History Museum. <laughs> He's so possibly Russian. It turns out that he tried to steal the pick of destiny, but a laser cut off his leg. I miss that sweet uh, ass leg. Yes, <laughs> you do, yeah. <laughs> he gives JB his plan to break into the museum through a couple of air ducts on the roof. And I suspect that this is a caped IMDb trivia fact. <laughs> Tim Robbins appears in this movie and the Shawshank Redemption from 1994, truly showcasing his range in one of the greatest films of all time and some dumb prison movie. <laughs> that is true. Well done. He is in both movies, and one of them's the greatest of all time, and one of them's got Morgan Freeman in it. And one of them talks about <laughs> Zay Watanayo. Zay Watanayo. <laughs> I listen to him on Patreon. That's back in the day. That's a fun one, though. That's a throwback, but it's a good one. While JB talks to Tim fucking Robbins, Cage agrees to go play at a sorority party or just go to the party. I, I don't know what his plan was because... <laughs> Unsure. He looks like a KG. He says, I'm getting inducted into the Rock and Roll History Museum <laughs> Hall of Fame or whatever it's called. And the girls are just like, cool, come hang out. Yeah. Oh, you're a rock star? Come play us your hits. So JB gives him an ultimatum. He says, Cage... You got to choose between tits or destiny. And of course, KG's going to choose tits. Of course. While he tits. lifts up his shirts in the middle of his diner. <laughs> the word wasn't enough. He had to add a visual component to get his point across. So the band's going to break up already. And JB's going to throw a rock at KG's borrowed driver's ed car and he breaks the taillight. <laughs> breaks the taillight. Surely that won't come back. Not at all. But you know what? It's sex, drugs, and rock and roll in that order. It's true. It all checks out. So KG's going to play at this sorority party, and he completely bombs. He tries to get out of it 
by saying, I don't even have my guitar, my partner's not here. He tries playing the history of Tenacious D, and it's just like the background vocals. Just, I don't even have a guitar, and just one from off screen immediately enters. He's like, oh, I guess I gotta do this. That's a nightmare situation right there. Yeah. I love it. I love that it's just the backup vocals. Do you know what I love more than that? What? That JP, he's got a five-mile walk to the Rock and Roll History Museum. He sure does. And on the way, he couldn't even make it the whole way <laughs> before he had to stop and eat a shitload of mushrooms. Well, that's because when they were at the diner, he had nothing. It's a good point. He ordered a carrot juice, and Amy Poehler said, no, no, no. And Amy Poehler, I forget how good she is. She's so good. Are you going to charge for those refills? No, you get them for free because you're so pretty. <laughs> that's a good deal. <laughs> She's so <laughs> deadpan. It's so good. Oh, man. What happened to your eye? Burned, burned it with a curling iron. iron. <laughs> <laughs> JB's going to trip balls. To yeah. put it really, really lightly. Yeah, he is. And he's going to hang out with his John C. Riley daddy Sasquatch. <laughs> I couldn't have put it any better in, in any way. And it's... I love how he's like, can I be a Sasquatch too? And John C. Riley's not even like <laughs> leaning into like trying to talk with these big denture teeth in his mouth. <laughs> like John C. Riley's hard to understand on his best day. Right. Now you add false teeth to the equation. He gets to tell JB, you're my baby sass. Uh, JB, you already are. <laughs> so good, man. You're my little baby sass. Let's take a dip in the strawberry river. So cue the most ridiculous montage you're ever going to see. The most insane movie-breaking montage. <laughs> of Jables going down the strawberry river. But it's really just an actual river with rapids and shit. <laughs> yep. And he's flying, but he's actually just climbing a tree. It's insanity. It's John complete C. insanity. Fucking Riley. Absolutely. I have a trivia fact from the IMDBs. Okay. John C. Riley, who plays Sasquatch, is uncredited, but is given a credit for, quote, Sasquatch research in the end credits. That's very good. And it's, they have bits in the credits. And apologies to John C. Riley, but I did just go on IMDb to update my personal credits for Sasquatch research for this movie. <laughs> so stay tuned to see if they approve that one also. Nice. You're going to have so many jobs by the end of this podcast. <laughs> can't wait. I am still listed as the, the mad artist uncredited for <laughs> Shadow. <laughs> so that's pretty excellent. That's excellent. I love that. KG is really, really bummed out at this party after he bombed. And like they didn't right. even let him get anywhere into the song. Uh, but then a Colin Hanks... He's going to throw a solo cup at him. And this is after he's staring into uh, his own solo cup of empty beer. Right. He's, he's staring into it, watching memories of him and Jack. Totally misses JB. Dude, I totally miss you. But let me hit you with what I suspect is also a cape dive, which every fact, Brian. I think you might be right on this one. For his role as drunk frat guy. I almost said fat guy, but he's a Hanks. That's impossible. <laughs> Colin Hanks went method. This led to Tom Hanks remarking that it was like having two Chets at home. <laughs> it's true. He said it, and you know he did because it's an actual fact on that IMDb. That is so good. <laughs> and I like how like they're both tagged, which is even better. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I went all out. Tagged facts. Good for you. Making it official. <laughs> so JB's going to arrive at the Rock and Roll History Museum, and he storms the gates. While the Stone night security the guards played by Ned fucking Bellamy and Fred yeah. fucking Armisen. They toke up and they keep watch. Just blew my mind. <laughs> JB and Cage, they're going to meet up in the air vents. I love like the little diagram of the air vents that JB has. It's just two air vents. <laughs> just... There's nothing special about this at all. Yep. And one of them has an arrow and an X pointing to it. So you don't know <laughs> if that's what you're supposed to go into or the one you're not supposed to go into. But they're going to evade the guards by posing as characters from the classic rock exhibit. They quickly find out that the pick is in the guitar god's room. Jables is able to get through the lasers that are <laughs> blocking it. He's kind of like crawling his way through, while Cage just makes faces in the background. It's just, very good. He, ah. he is exercising his face muscles in a way that he could have only learned from Jack Black. It's true. But Jack Black's not able to get to that pick. He's so close. He's forced to use the power of his cock <laughs> to push the manual turnoff button. <laughs> And I like how he yells out, come on, helmet head! <laughs> uh, one of the greatest slow motion cock button pushing scenes of all time. 
I would watch a full video of Jack Black getting this type of erection and pushing buttons and stuff. Like, on an elevator, like, he's just holding a bunch of heavy boxes. Yeah. And, like, an old lady walks in, and she's just like, oh, floor seven, please. <laughs> he's got to focus so hard the buttons pop off of his pants. He had to go with the button fly. Yeah. He couldn't do the zipper fly because it wouldn't have made sense. I like that attention to detail. That is, that's caring, you know? Putting in the man hours. <laughs> I don't have to say shit. that this is a bad movie. Because it's not, first of all. <laughs> but clearly, someone cared enough to do that. Right. And I don't understand people who, who wear the, the button flies. I don't. I don't get it. It just feels like it would be more work. Like the one button is hard enough sometimes. Sometimes. You know, if you've eaten a, a particularly hefty meal. Well, your dick's not going to get bigger to make it difficult to button up your fly with a heavy meal. <laughs> well, it's, it's usually like the, the top one is the waste. I get it. But exactly. I'm saying like, that's the ones you got to worry about. That's true. I mean, unless unless you're going for a twos and you're you're in a hurry because of the, the aforementioned large meal, that's a good point. But you also might get Ben Stiller. There's something about Mary if you do have the zipper and you're trying oh. to like you got that is always a constant fear. You know what? I'm going to say canonically, Jack Black had seen that movie and was trying to avoid exactly that situation. You ever do it to yourself? No, luckily, it's not good. No, I imagine it's <laughs> I not. I didn't do it to the extent I needed to go to a hospital. <laughs> right. Frinks and beans. It was one of those where the zipper wasn't going up all the way, and then I gave it a little too much gusto. Oh, God. And you pay for it, man. Owie. Yeah, it's not great. I'm glad I've never... That's why I wear the button fly. You don't wear a button fly. You're <laughs> full of shit. No, that would be insane. Who does <laughs> that? Be. Other than Jack Black for comedic button-popping purposes. Jables and Cage, they're going to grab that pick. You think they like, climb on each other's shoulders and shit to get it. Uh, they knock over some speakers, and that gets the attention of the guards. The guards come running out. <laughs> just guns a-blazing. They really are, but they escape because they just power slide under the door. And That's I right. love these two guards. They're like, that was awesome. That was so cool. Outside, Timothy fucking Robbins, he's waiting for him to take the pick. He set Jables up. It's a trap. He's right there, ready. He says, give me the pick. Jack Black's like, no. He's like, <laughs> come over that. here then so I can stab you. He's like, no, again. You <laughs> uh, stay there so I can come stab you. And I like Dude. how many like, swears he says at him, all the things he's going to do to him. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm going to cut out your, cut out your testicles and put them into your eye holes and then cut out your <laughs> eyes and put them in your ball sack. <laughs> they're just casually like, run away and the cops show up. <laughs> And they're like, stay there. And he's like, you'll never catch me, coppers. And they catch him within like a second because he can't walk. You know, it's bad when, when Kyle Gaz is like, dude, we could totally outrun this guy. <laughs> they do, and it's so fucking good. <laughs> they got the pick, though. And a little later on, a cop's going to pull him over because they got that broken taillight. That broken tail. It came back. It did come back. Good filmmaking. Cause yeah. and effects. Chekhov's taillight. That's right. Cage pulls over, but then he guns it after yes. the cop gets out of the car. Cause they think it's because they stole the pick they're gonna they make a run the for this they they think they're they got away scot-free and then the cop came and spooked them so the cops are gonna chase them they're gonna do a pretty sweet car flip this is amazing because this feels like up until this moment a movie that absolutely would not have a car chase scene no but then at the same time totally does always on the table i do have an actual imdb trivia fact too yeah hit me the car chase in the video game kyle plays at the beginning Ends the same way as the actual car chase at the end of the movie. Great filmmaking. Call the Academy. They made a mistake. <laughs> yes. The Academy needs to reconsider Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. And I also love how there's the car chase on TV because now a helicopter's like following it and Lee calls because it's clearly his car. He's like, hey, uh, what are you doing? And Jack Black's just screaming like, we're at the driving movie theater. It's an action scene. Oh, God. <laughs> well, it sounds kind of scary. Oh, it's totally scary, man! <laughs> Poor Lee and his driver's Ed Pizza delivery car. It doesn't go well for <laughs> Lee for most of this movie. Now I think he's out of the movie, right? That's like the end of him. I think that might be the end of Lee. <laughs> like, set him up very briefly to have this nothing payoff, and they're like, okay, that's it. That's right. a wrap on Lee. You gotta set up Lee's backstory, because really, this movie is a prequel to the HBO series. Is it really? I never yeah. watched the HBO series. It's... If you want to continue more adventures with Tenacious D. I very much do. That's where you do it. It's from the TV series that was filmed about six years before the movie. Wow. All right. I'm in. I know what I'm doing after this. 
Uh, let's speed through so I can go watch that. All right. Uh, they're gonna the car's gonna flip. They're gonna escape into a sewer, and the cops just like, oh, get the paddy wagon. They're dead or whatever. <laughs> but they reemerge right at the bar where the open mic is. <laughs> I love that they, I think this is it. They even include it in the dialogue. It's amazing. It's like, yeah, I think this is the one. And then, yeah, they're there. But because they're typical rock and rollers, they can't decide who's going to use the pick. That's right. They're fighting over the pick. So naturally, it's going to break in half, and they both cry about it. But Paul fucking Tompkins. Paul fucking Tompkins. He's going to console them by telling them that the guitar pick won't help them because Satan isn't inside a guitar pick. He's inside all of our hearts. He's in here. He convinces the band to just go into the bar. And rock. Well, he picks up the pick for himself, and now that Paul fucking Tompkins has the pick, he changes into <laughs> Satan, played by Dave fucking Grohl. Dave fucking Grohl. How do you... If I'm a Paul F. Tompkins, I'm very happy to be transforming into a Dave fucking Grohl. There are a lot worse things to get transformed into, and not a lot of better things than a Dave fucking Grohl. <laughs> yeah. But now that the devil's complete, he's pretty pissed off. He, yeah, he's... <laughs> Tenacious D challenges the devil to a rock-off because they said, oh, I got two halves of this pick. Maybe there's a little juice left in it, but there's not because it's there's the devil's not. tooth. But everybody knows that the devil cannot deny a rock-off challenge. The demon code prevents me <laughs> from denying a rock-off challenge, which is very specific. That is super specific. I think it's just like one of the bylaws of, of the demon code. How did rock and roll and metal get like this reputation? Of, like, the devil and everything like that. Like, the devil went down to Georgia with a fiddle, like, back That's in right. the day. I still can't, to this day, believe that Johnny risked his soul and eternal damnation for a golden fiddle. I mean, fiddle's pretty badass, especially if you play them like that. I mean, a fiddle is just a violin. You just play it different. Uh, yeah, you, like, cool you play it. You play it coolly. You don't mean to, like, play music that belongs in a Holocaust movie. <laughs> That's right. Every violin song. <laughs> Lindsey Sterling, famous Nazi. <laughs> whoa, 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 No, she plays fiddle songs, too. We're she good. occasionally does. <laughs> She's very good. And kudos she to is. you for even knowing one fiddler. <laughs> <laughs> I can name a fiddler. You know, the one on the roof in his little town of Anatevka. That's not a Holocaust movie, right? That's just a Jewish movie. It's just a Jewish movie. Okay. It's easy to get the two confused because most of them are Holocaust movies, but... Yeah, one of them has a lot of Jewish people, and then one of them has a lot of Jewish people, and then it moves into having <laughs> less Jewish people throughout the duration of the film. And the third genre is just everything that Seth Rogen's making. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we just solved Hollywood. I, feel I, like. think, I think we figured it out. <laughs> Last week we solved porn, this week we, we solved all of Hollywood. Uh, human geniuses, the both of us. That's one word for it. It's two words, Brian. Not the way I say it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the stakes for this rock off. If Tenacious D wins, the devil has to take a sorry ass back to hell and pay their rent. And also, yes. If the devil wins, JB says that he could take KG back to hell to make him his little bitch. And the rock off that, begins. That's uh, the deal. Very little protesting from KG, weirdly enough. I will say it's weird because Dave Grohl has a tendency to kill more of the long-haired people that he associates with. What does that mean? <laughs> Nothing. If it didn't land, it didn't land. Cut that. No, I, I understand. <laughs> is, if, is that a Taylor Hawkins and Kurt Cobain joke? Sure was. <laughs> <laughs> this switcheroo is making you into an entirely different person, Brian. You're calling Lindsey Sterling? A Nazi and telling everybody that Dave Grohl low-key kills his band members? Whoa, I know I never accused anyone of murder. This is what just happens when you associated. give me too much just too much free time over here on this end, not doing the synopsis. My mind goes to dark places. 35, man. It looks good on you. <laughs> From the outside. The inside is a dark, dark place. Oh boy, that was a, a tad too soon. <laughs> So the rock off begins, the devil starts playing a bunch of tasty riffs on the guitar, the drums, the singing. He does it all. He does it all. There's uh, not a rock off he's ever lost. Tenacious D's going to get their turn next, though. That's right. And they start to blow doors down. So Cage <laughs> doesn't have to gargle mayonnaise. And That's right. Sex slave. <laughs> no. Their song doesn't impress the devil at you all. You guys are lame. He fires lightning at KG, but it's deflected by JP's guitar back at him, 
and the devil's horn gets blown off. So JB just becomes a dark wizard and he says the thing. <laughs> he to grabs the, the horn and he recites the thing that Ben Stiller told him earlier. Right. He sent the devil back to hell. And the devil once again is yelling, fuck you, Jables. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck Cage. You, Cage. <laughs> the devil's defeated. That's it. So the band back at their apartment can't remember the song that they played to beat the devil. <laughs> which is perfect it is perfect and sets up for the the tv show perfectly they start to write new music without the help of the pick of destiny but now using devil's horn they have the bong of destiny the bod the what the bong of destiny and that right there what am i doing switcheroo 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 i think you missed a cape diamond beach trivia effect L- possibly i was listening to you talk about dave girl killing people <laughs> Oh. what I miss? This one right here. Several of the songs in the movie employ a technique known as inward singing. This nonstop rocking technique was actually invented by Jack Black for Tenacious D's first studio album. And then I start some lyrics and I'm always fucking singing. <laughs> that was like the best example of that. I have never successfully pulled off the inward singing before, so now I'm impressed with myself. I'm like a fucking woman. I can't do it. See, that's, it's harder up top in the, of the register. I am very impressed with you, but I need you to be equally as impressed with me because um, I am officially listed as Sasquatch Research. Wow, that was quick. This movie now. I'm I got another credit under my belt. <laughs> just approving everything tonight. I'm just stealing valor. Just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fill in the blank. You're probably right. Fill in the blank. And that is 1996's what? What? I time jumped. Uh, 2006's <laughs> Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. In the Pick of Destiny. I always say and, but it's in. I always say and. It's, it's apparently the band in the movie, the Pick of Destiny. The more you know, do 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 do. Exactly. Dave, Rotten Tomatoes, 1 to 100, what do you think? I think a 63. Ooh, 52. Well, they're wrong. It's, I feel like it's pretty low for, for this genius movie. I like how you just get right down to business in the switcheroo. Oh, yeah. There's like no, you just like, I don't need no segues. banter. We're not doing that. We're Who getting needs into that? The... It's Brian's birthday. He makes the rules, baby. Putting checks in boxes here because I'm not used to this side of it. This is an experiment <laughs> for everybody. I hate it. I really hate it. <laughs> it's going to make for something very interesting and different. Without a doubt. And people are probably just like, fuck this. <laughs> this is weird. I don't like it. Give me that sweet Brian synopsis. And I said, nay, I'm a good friend. I gave Brian his weekend. <laughs> and I appreciate it. I also appreciate it. Roger Ebert didn't see this movie. Are you kidding me? For he no reason. He was, he was alive. He had every possibility of going and seeing it. But he has no reviews anywhere on the internet. The episode of At The Movies had a guest host with Ropert. So like... There's no Ebert existence on this movie. That said, Richard Roper did say, I found it mildly amusing. I didn't hate it. For him, that's kind of like saying Oscar buzz, Oscar buzz, Oscar buzz. <laughs> it, it was still a rotten review. <laughs> he enjoys to shit on things. He enjoys it. Other people who did see this movie, Teresa Budassi of the Chicago Sun-Times said the bottom line, Jack Black rocks, especially when he rocks. <laughs> All right. David Jenkins of Time Out said, clearly intended to be viewed through a haze of marijuana smoke, it'd be against the law for us to recommend this film. No, not against the law at all. Not against the law. Encourage it. Now, back when, in 2006, not 1996, that would have been the case. But now, go to town. They open the movie with the whole, this movie's in THC. <laughs> the THC, THX parody intro animation. Love it. Big fan. Scott Tobias of AV Club says, The Pick of Destiny tries to make up in enthusiasm what it lacks in creative inspiration. Did you pick any freshies? Uh, <laughs> this movie. <laughs> There's a balance to it, Brian. Many. There's a balance. <laughs> How about this one? Terry Lawson of the Detroit Free Press said, Manages to hold our attention for an entire 97 minutes, a feat that even metal bands with real martial amps are hard pressed to accomplish. Okay. Uh, they so are just. The so best negative. you get for this movie is, we watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Howell of the Toronto Star said, begins with flatulence, ends with flatulence, and is one big gaseous emission in between. Jesus, man. 
You didn't even mention the post credit scene. Hold on a second. Wait, did you not see the post credit scene? I don't think I've ever seen the post credit scene. Oh, yeah. In all of my time watching this. Oh, let me synopsize it for you. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Cage and Jables are sitting at a, a table with the tape recorder in between them, betwixt them, if we're using words I've already used this podcast for reasons. And Jables instructs KG to don't say anything unless it's a masterpiece. And he hits record and they sit there in silence. And eventually Kyle goes, I think I got something. And JB's like, go. So he leans forward to play a guitar riff or something. And he just lets out a huge fart. And he goes, I'm sorry. I thought I heard, I thought I felt something. And then to which which Jables replies, let's play it back. Yeah, why not? Why (laughs) not? That's post-credit scene. (laughs) All right. The last one I have, Nick Schrager of Slant Magazine says, it's hard to complain too much about this loosey-goosey romps patchiness when one of the rocking songs features the lyric, you're going to gargle mayonnaise, and the <laughs> reference isn't to Hellman's. It could be. Maybe Mr. Hellman got in there. <laughs> I don't know. That was one of the, the fresh reviews, by the way. Oh, God. <laughs> There's a delicate balance, Brian. Yeah, well, it's hard to maintain with a rotten movie, according to the critics. That's very fair. As someone who's done it 180-something times. It's yes. going to lean negative. Where it doesn't lean negative, it's with our friends on Letterboxd. I'm so curious right now. <laughs> From March 17th, 2021, why was his dad so angry? We all know the devil's music is ska punk. <laughs> Not wrong. Not wrong. If the devil listens to anything and encourages anything, it's ska punk. It's always ska punk. From August 27th, 2019, Best Lynch film, hands down. That's weird wording. It is. I wasn't sure <laughs> like what it around. meant. <laughs> I was like, are we including David Lynch in this, or are we just talking about Liam Lynch? If it is Liam Lynch, accurate. Yeah, that's fine. Because it's just very feature weird. film. From June 7th, 2021, Tenacious D could write Let It Be, but the Beatles couldn't write Dude, I Totally Miss You. <laughs> I bet they could, given enough time. Oh, what are you going to... Stand up for the Beatles? Yes, I am. In the Tenacious D episode? So you're saying that if you got all four Beatles back mm-hmm. alive yeah. today, yeah. and you put them in a room and had them watch Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny and said, make something like that. And then Peter Jackson comes walking in and sets up a bunch of cameras. And, and says, did we get a nine-hour documentary Go about, ahead. dude, I totally miss you? Just anything. Just play nonsense. They got awfully damn close. Like, I am the walrus and shit. Like, they were already doing crazy-ass songs before. Yeah, but I don't know if they could do a Dude, I Totally Miss You. That would involve them all liking each other. That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) From July 24th, 2022. So you're telling me there's a little Dave Grohl in my heart? That's right. (laughs) We can only wish. Oh, God. As as long as your hair's short. That's right, because according to Brian, if your hair's long, Dave Grohl... Will murder will you. Either kill you or you will die around him. He'll definitely be a witness. Oh, without a doubt. Like if you got called to to the, the court case to try to get Dave Grohl off the hook for the third time. I'm glad we brought this back so there's no way of it getting cut now. It's, uh, it's in the episode and I'm going to look like a monster. Happy birthday. Yeah, starting now, you look like a monster. <laughs> starting right now. Uh, from March 7th, 2022. Some of you think Amy Adams only deserves an Oscar for her brilliant acting, and not also for the fact that she took a face full of exploding brain goo during her brief cameo as Gorgeous Woman in Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny, and it shows. That was Amy Adams? That was Amy Adams. Holy shit! (laughs) I had no idea. Face full of brain goo, Amy Adams. Damn. And the last one I have is from January 14th, 2020. I'm going to tell my children, this is La La Land. (laughs) Uh, better movie. Yeah. There were a surprising amount of reviews that were like, this is not the greatest review in the world. This is just a tribute. They are so clever. <sighs> and then the rest were all people like, I was way too young to watch this movie. Which I get. There was a bunch of six and ten year olds. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's way too young. Super young. I have a helmet head too. <laughs> yeah. Want to watch a movie? Ugh. Weird. It is weird. You want to give this thing a super stuff score? Let's give this thing a super stuff score. We start off with the story and the motivation. Easy one. Yeah. There's actually like three converging stories here, and they're all excellent. 
They are. They got to get the pick. They got to form the band. They got to pay the rent. They do all three. Even though I don't know if the devil ever paid up. I don't. I don't know either. But at least they got the experience out of it that they could then forego for you know eventually make a song about their experience and make money or whatever. That's fair. Whatever. Anyway, I would also say that there is an entire element here about a young Jack Black overcoming his indoctrination of his super religious parents and finally achieving his goal of rock stardom. Yeah, like I said, a one. Easiest one we've ever given, probably. One indeed. Heroes. They're my two favorite heroes we've ever talked about. It's it's Tanak. You can't go wrong with Tanak. I have Asmark too. I have Asmark too. It was meant to be. It was destiny. It was. And it was destiny printed right there on their asses. One again. One again. They saved the day. They beat the devil. Talk about like a big fuck you to your religious parents who kicked you out for listening to rock music. You actually defeated the devil. Can we go That's back and right. give a one five to story motivation? No. Okay. Villains. <laughs> It's the fucking devil. It is the fucking devil. And it's not just any devil. It's Dave Grohl, who has not killed twice. No, he has not. Who would ever even suggest such a thing? That's awful. Uh, One, it's the fucking devil. It's the fucking devil. And it's also, it's a Paul F. Tompkins turning into the devil after he's a dick of a show promoter. Which is even scarier. Honestly, give me the devil every day. One for villains. Let's talk about parents. Teamwork? I want to go with teamwork. Let's go with teamwork. Because that's the whole idea is they got to you know come what? together as a team. That's fucking teamwork. Exactly. And for the sake of Zanzibar, another one. That's another one. They split up in the middle, but they found each other because, dude, they totally missed each other. They felt it, man. They felt it. Deep down in their powerful loins. <laughs> right. Their butt cheeks is warm. <laughs> Let's talk about female characters. Uh, who? I was going to say, which one? Amy Poehler is great in this movie. She sure is. And Amy Adams is in this movie for she a brief brain second. brain goo on she her face. Zero? Uh, and the, the college girls did a good job acting. They were acting like college girls. Uh, zero is definitely correct. Zero, yes. Setting. It is L.A. They make a point of going to L.A. That's true. In On the map, and I appreciate that. The map, I the love beach. the map bit because they go to all the Hollywoods. We get to see a lot of map work in this because we see the map of the Rock and Roll History Museum. We know where the Guitar God's room is and how they it's all laid time. out. It's very good. So uh, another one, clean yeah. one, easy one. I also one. love that small-ass town of Kickapoo. That was a long-ass fucking time ago. It was. <laughs> That's a one for setting. Let's talk style and tone. It's probably the easiest one we're ever going to give. This movie's super self-aware. Everybody attached to it cares about it a whole lot, and you can tell. Button flies. Button flies. I will say I have thought of that. the opening scene in Kickapoo and the last scene with the devil really highlight what this movie should be all the way through. And then the middle, it, it lacks a little bit, but it's still fantastic. Bookends count. Bookends Easy one. Absolutely matter. One. It's kind of like the, the butt cheeks on the outside that don't spell the tenacious D. Exactly. That's it. They have to be there. They <laughs> has to they exist. They have to be there. This is going to be uh, a big one. Music. Two, done. Two, no further discussion necessary. It's, it's Tenacious D. If you've never listened to a Tenacious D album, I think that's the way to do it. How are you here? Yeah, that's a great question, first of all. I question They're your combination so of taste. They probably listen to Ska Punk. Ska Punk. Oh, the, the devil's, devil's music. music. <laughs> you know what the devil's got? Trombones, and he uses them for Ska Punk. <laughs> Oh, God. It always comes back to walk hard. Two for music. Uh, we often say, like, I couldn't hum anything from this movie. I can almost sing the, the entire movie thing. verbatim. So. <laughs> Easily. One-liners. It's, again, a one. There's it's so So many. loaded. Every single scene is just chock full of them. Yes. And there are ones that I do regularly use since this movie came out. Absolutely. Cannot say them here because we'll just quote the entire movie. And it will be the, time? the whole movie. And so you will have nothing. One for one-liners. Last category is impact on the genre. The genre being your birthday. And this has been a great birthday. And that's a one. That, that is a one for a great birthday. Even though the movie didn't make enough money. Although they do say that in DVD and digital sales, they eventually did just clear like $1.5 million in, in profit. Uh, 
doesn't matter. The theme, the industry, the genre of birthday episodes of the, <laughs> of the gay podcasters, this is a one. It absolutely is. This is a perfect movie. It is a perfect movie, and as such, it has achieved a perfect score of a 10 out of 10. Hey, how about that? It's not like someone wasn't counting to make sure that would happen. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> reverse engineering the system. Ah, uh, happy birthday, Brian. Thank you. This was a delight. That was a delight for me as well. Hopefully it was a delight for the listeners, even though I'm sure we lost a lot of them <laughs> along the way. These guys don't know what they're doing at all. What is this, 186 episodes? <laughs> <laughs> and this is the first one you tuned into. <laughs> mistake. Everything, mistake. Everything here was wrong. Go somewhere else. Let's do any other episode. <laughs> Why don't you tell our fine listeners who stuck around this long? <laughs> of what are we going to talk about next week? Next week, we are going back into the MCU to close out the Infinity Saga officially with Spider-Man Far From Home. I haven't seen it since theaters. I think I've only watched it once since then, and it was like when I was gearing up for No Way Home and watching all the Spider-Man movies. That's fair. I'm really curious to see how this one holds up, because I remember it being a little weird and a little forced at parts, and strange things come back that you would never expect. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be, <laughs> be interesting to see where this one falls. There you go. Next week, Spider-Man Far From Home. Until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for Pleasantville. Email us your questions and comments to capepodcasters at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at capepodcasters on all the things, like on Facebook, where we always post our, our post. We, where we post our post on the day of, <laughs> of recording to ask your questions and comments. And thank you, Derek, for your question that we answered mid-episode. So if you're fast-forwarding to the end to find the answer to your question, joke's on you. You have to listen to the whole thing. Got him! <laughs> Brian, you got anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. We'll see you guys next week for Spider-Man. Far from home. Same pod time? Same pod juicy.